This is Susanna Hills Podcast. We hope this message becomes a revelation in your heart and will encourage you to live a Christ-centered life. Thanks for checking out our podcast. Here's today's message. Just to continue on uh, our series on identity. And this morning we're going to talk about I'm His child and He's my Father. Now I remember about uh, just a few months ago I was invited to a to a, a, quite a large church in another city um, to go speak to a, a, a business people, uh, do a business breakfast. And uh, when we came there, uh, walked in the Saturday morning, I saw that, yo, these guys packed out. I mean, they really went big. I, I don't think I've seen a breakfast like that at a church before. It was amazing. They had literally everything there. It was amazing. And then as we were there, the cars start coming in, and all these fancy cars, and people came in, and more than a hundred people came in. And I started to feel out of my comfort zone. <laughs> I said, Jesus, am, am I re- should I be here, Lord? Am I really equipped, Lord? Do I have what it takes to do this, Lord? Are you sure that I'm, a, I'm at the right place? And then the MC made an announcement, he said, Okay, we're going to have a nice breakfast together, and then Murdoch is going to talk to you about business. And then while we eat there, I've just said, Jesus, can we just eat forever? <laughs> and, and you know, while, while we were eating, the father just came and he just said to me, you don't have to prove anything. You don't have to convince anyone. He said, just be my son. That's all I want you to be. I'll be your father, and I'm with you there. Friends, can we just be sons and daughters again? You know, my, my sons, I've got three boys. They don't have to perform. I love them anyway. Can we just be sons and daughters again? Isn't that amazing? Because we were born to be sons and daughters. We were born with the need to belong. It's placed in every one of us. You cannot run away from it. You cannot hide away. You cannot. You, it's placed inside of you the day you were formed. God has put it there. God has, the Father has placed a desire in each one of us. It's a desire towards Him. And only the Father can satisfy that desire. I want to say to you that every one of us need a day in the Father's presence. When he calls us from orphan to sons and daughters. I had a day like that. I remember the 7th of March, 1999. One evening, someone preached the gospel to me. And I gave my life to Christ. And that evening, the father called me to be his son. It was an amazing day in my life. Probably the most significant day in my life. And my prayer is that each and every one have a moment like that in the Father's embrace. But friends, there's other significant moments that we also need. We need moments of affirmation in our lives. Jesus had many of those moments, but there were two distinctive moments where He were affirmed by the Father. And I want to say to you, if Jesus were affirmed By His Father. How much more do you and I, as sons and daughters, need those moments 
in the Father's presence. I want to show, I want to read to you two moments that Jesus had where the Father affirmed him. The first one is in Matthew 3, verse 17. Just before Jesus went to the desert, his Father said to him, And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And there was another moment just before Jesus went to the cross. In 2 Peter 1 verse 17. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father. And the voice was borne to him by a majestic glory. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Friends, there's something inside of us. A deep that cries out to deep. A longing for a father to say, I love you, my son. I love you, my daughter. I'm proud of who you are. And I'm well pleased with you. You belong to me. There's a hunger inside of us that wants to hear that. And you know what? I never heard that from my earthly father. We were very close. I lived with my father on a farm. And when I was 11... I was separated from my father. And he became an alcoholic and I never heard of him again. I, I, there were moments that I saw him, but I didn't see him often because I lived in another country from where he lived. And then at, when I was 16 years old, he passed away. And I went into this world to look for my significance in this world. But then when I was 26, I sat with someone, I gave my life to Christ and I sat with another man that helped me work through a few things and he asked me something significant. He asked me, did your father have a chair? And I said, yes, I can remember. I had one of those green chairs that, that, that flips open and you lie back. And he says, just see how your father stands up from that chair. And how Father God goes and sits in that chair. And I closed my eyes and I just saw in a, in just in a, in a, in a, like a picture. That, and I went and I sat on Father God's lap. And he took me in his arms. And then he said to me, you're my son. I love you. And I'm proud of who you are. And the Father God came and He affirmed me that day. And something shifted in my life. Something happened in my life. Friends, God wants, the Father wants to speak to every one of us. It's His desire to speak and affirm to you who you are. We read there in, uh, in Genesis uh, 49, it says, Jacob blesses his sons. But I want to say to you, it was not Jacob that blessed his sons. It was Father God that used Jacob as a channel to speak to his sons. Father God came and blessed his sons through Jacob. Because if you read in Genesis 49, it's a prophetic word that was spoken over each and every of those 12 sons. And man cannot prophesy out of his own. Am I right? 1 Peter, 2 Peter 1 verse 21 says, For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but man spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. You see, Father God came and spoke through Jacob to his sons. There was also a moment in Genesis 48 where Jacob blessed Joseph, two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. And this is what Jacob says. The God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who has been my shepherd all my life long to this day, 
He who has redeemed me from all evil. Bless the boys. <laughs> you see, God comes through, Abraham, uh, through Jacob and blesses his sons. Yeah. Friends, we have a Jacob today as well. And he's called the Holy Spirit. And Father God wants to use the Holy Spirit as a channel to come and bless each one of us. We need a moment in the Father's presence where the Father comes and speaks into your heart by the Holy Spirit and says to you, you are my son, you are my daughter. I love you and I'm well pleased of you. Friends, we must push in for those moments. We must seek those moments. We must long for those moments in the Father's presence where we can just get quiet. And this is maybe going to sound a bit freaky for you, but you know what I do? Well, I see when I'm moments, and even this morning standing here, you know, I just see God with His fur coat because fur coat for me is just love and it's soft. And, and, and I just, you know, God is just standing with me and I take Him, I take Him in my arms and my head just goes into that fur coat, you know, and then I just feel the presence and then I just hear what the Father tells me. And then He just comes and He speaks and I just open up for that opportunity just to be in the Father's presence and just to hear His voice that he, where he affirms me. It's amazing, friends. We must seek those moments. Can I pray for us? Jesus, thank you for this morning, Lord. Lord, this morning we want to open up our hearts, Lord. Father, you are also longing to come and speak to your sons and daughters, Lord. You long to pour your love out into our hearts, Lord. You long to, to speak to us and, and just affirm who we are. Jesus, this morning, we just want to open our hearts, open us, Lord, and step into that Father's embrace, that moment. Lord, we want to be in that place where you can come and speak to us. Amen. Amen. And amazing. Friends, I want to go to our, our, our um, a verse uh, that we're going to use throughout our identity series, and that's in Ephesians 1. And I want to read there, Ephesians 1, verse 3 and 5. It says, Blessed be God our Father, for our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, even as He chose us, in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before Him. In love He predestined us for adoption to Himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of His will. That's amazing scripture right there. And there's two things that really stand out for me. The first thing, is that, the first thing that stands out is God is our Father. And our Father chose each one of us. Now friends, I know they say the world needs a Father. And I totally agree with that. It's, it, it's precious to have a Father in our life. And we should have a Father in our life. And the world do need a Father. But friends, more than that, the world needs the Father. Because I know people that got godly fathers but they're going to hell. Then I know orphans that never even saw their father. 
They never met their father, but they are godly men and women because they met the father. I want to say to you, the world needs the father. We need a moment in the father's presence where our lives are transformed. And a moment where the father can speak into my life on who I am. We need that in our lives, friends. The second thing that stands out for me is that we are predestined. To be sons and daughters. And that reminds me of that story in Luke 15. And Luke 15, 11 says, And he said, there was a man who had two sons. Now those two sons belonged to a father. And it reminds me that us here, when we accept Jesus, we also belong to the father. But then I ask the question, Lord, why do I... And many of us sometimes struggle to grasp the fullness of sonship. You know, when he talks about sons, he's talking about every one of us. Everyone is including in that. And when he talks about the bride, we are also all included in that. <laughs> but why is it so difficult many times for us to understand and embrace the fullness of sonship? And to walk in the full identity of sonship. I think it's because many times we like the younger son in that story of the prodigal son. It says there in, in Luke 15 verse, verse 12 to 13. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the youngest son gathered all that he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. You see, this youngest son was in need. He had a need. And then he asked the father to give him what is his portion. And the father gave it to his son. But then the son turned to this world because he valued the world and people of the world more than the Father. You see, friends, many times we are like that. We are many times in need as Christians. I mean, when, when someone is sick in our house, when we need a work, or our finances is not a good place, or, or some relationship is not good, we ask and we pray. I mean, I can tell you, I can pray then. <laughs> I mean, when there's a crisis in my house, Believe me, I can pray. <laughs> Lord, help me, Lord. Give me, Lord. Please, Lord, I need you, Jesus. And you know, many times, God comes through. But when it goes good, then we skip church. We don't read Bible that often. We don't pray that often. You know, we are many times self-centered and not God-centered Christians. And you know, when we start to move, let's be honest, I mean, can I put my hand up? I can pray in a crisis, my friends. But when I'm in the promised land, sometimes... I... <laughs> you know, and, and sometimes then, when we drift away, slowly, slowly, when it goes well with us, slowly we start to drift away, and there's consequences. There's consequences that happen in our lives. I'm going to read to you Luke 15, verse 14 to 16. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. 
So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens in that country who sent him into the fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods of the pig, that the pigs ate. And no one gave, it, gave him anything. Friends, when we live like we want and we start to drift away, we lose what we need. And the famine starts to come into our space. And we come into a place of need. I had this one guy come to me and said, Murdoch, please pray for me. I need a, I need a work. I need a job. Uh, financially, it's tough. And, and we really pushed in. We prayed. And we prayed for uh, uh, probably two, three weeks. And a breakthrough came. This guy had got an amazing job. And then I just didn't hear much of him again. I thought maybe he's busy. He's working hard. He's, 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 he's grounding himself there in his new job. And a year later, he called me again. Murdoch, please help. I'm, I'm, I've got too much debt. And we've got a salary cut. I'm, I'm going to lose everything. Please help. And I thought, hey, where were you in the year? Where were the thanksgivings and praise and, and, and managing and asking God what to do? Many friends, many times we like that. And now when the crisis comes, we're there again. We ask. And, and you know what? Sometimes it's in that crisis where we start to question things. Jesus, am I really your son? Jesus, are you really, can you really help me, Lord? Is it possible, Lord, for you to do another miracle, Lord? Is it possible for you to do something? Lord, can something really come out of this, Lord? We start to question something, and I want to say to you, there's two sources that will answer you. It's God or it's Satan. God loves you. Satan hates you. And both has a plan for your life. John 10 verse 10 says, I have come to give you life, and life in abundance. But the enemy also came, and he wants to steal, kill, and destroy. I want to say to you, friends, the enemy will always show you the exit but not the entrance. He will show the prodigal son, there's the world, that will make you happy, that's what you need, but he will not show him the pigs. He will show Samson, check that girl, but he will not show him, it's going to cost your life. David, there's Bathsheba, but he did not show him, it's going to destroy your children. God always shows the exit and the entrance. Move from Egypt, because there's a promised land. Manage your finances because there's more. Heavens to open. God will always show the exit and the entrance. The enemy will show the exit but not the entrance, friends. The enemy wants to come and steal and destroy our lives. And when we're there with the pigs, stuff happens to our lives. Luke 15, verse 17 and 19. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread? But I perish here with hunger. Listen to this. I'm no longer worthy to be called his son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. Friends, when you're there 
at your lowest point, the enemy wants to label you. And you know what? If these things happen many times in our lives, patterns, it starts to sit somewhere. And the enemy comes and he wants to put a, a robe on you. And he wants to label you. You're a servant. You're not a son. Because a servant works for something. To deserve something. A son, he serves because he's a son. But you're a servant. You need to perform. And you are stupid. That's why you, yeah. Because you do stupid things. And if you do stupid things, you're stupid. And you're useless now. Sitting with pigs. You are useless. Abandoned. No one cares about you, man. No one sees you. No one's there for you. But the pigs. You're like a pig. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know where that comes from. You're not loved. No one cares or loves you. Come on, friends. Ugly. You don't even look. Look how you look. Friends, the enemy comes in that moment when you are vulnerable and he wants to come because he knows where your heart and you're seeking and he wants to come and he starts to label you. He brought you there and now he gives you the fault and he labels you. And you know what? We start wearing these labels. If you are not touched in a healthy way, in the Father's presence, with the Father's love, you are open to be touched in an unhealthy way. That's why we need a moment in the Father's presence. Many moments like those, especially when we're sitting in the pits of life. And friends, we all go up and down. We all go up and down. When I'm low, I seek the Lord. And when I'm on top, I testify about the Lord. And I go up and I go down. And you know, the enemy wants to come with lies. But these lies, they bring pain. These pains, they change the way I think. And these pains, they change the way I react. And they change the way I do things. I want, to say, I, want to, I want to give you six things that pain does in our lives. That these pains does in our lives. If we walk with these, with these robes, with these lies, pain has a need and it seeks comfort. You see, friends, I've seen young guys that come out of a broken house, abusive house, and then when they grow up, they become part of a gang because a gang is a counterfeit family. But they feel that there, there's people that love me. There's people that care for me. There's people that will fight for me. There's even people that will die for me in that place. You know, people would run to alcohol, drugs, uh, uh, pornography, sexual sin, because it's a comfort for them. But I want to say it's a false comfort. Pain seeks comfort, but it's a false comfort. And the enemy leaves you at a lower place. 
feeling guilty even more, and it sucks you in deeper and deeper and deeper. Pain seeks comfort, but it's false comfort. The second thing that happened, pain creates independence. No one cares about me. No one loves me. I will make it on my own. I will do it on my own. I don't need anyone. Pain creates independence. God has never created us to be independent. He has created us being dependent beings. We cannot be independent. We are dependent on Him, on the Father. We need Him in our lives. Pain cultures a fear to trust. I can't trust people in my life. There's this one guy I spoke to one day and he said he grew up as a small child and they lived on a farm and, he, and, and this one day he, he drove with his father on, in the buck here and they went and they, they inspected these, these uh, water, they, they had these dams that they built with, with bricks and they filled them with water to keep water for the animals and they drove around and, and just checked all these dams if they were in good condition and they came to this one dam and when they got out the father took his son and put him on the wall and then he stayed back and he said to his son, jump, I'm going to catch you. And he said to me, man, I was excited, I'm going to jump, and my father's going to catch me. And he said, as he jumped, his father stepped away, and he fell on the ground, and he hurt himself. And his father picked him up while he was crying and put him in front of him. And then his father said to him, listen, I want to teach you your first great lesson in life. Never trust people. They will always disappoint you. And he said, you know what? I'm sure my father did that out of his pains. But when I walked through life, it was as if people would, would disappoint me because I'm focused on it. And he says, you know what's the worst? I struggle to connect Father God. I struggle to trust Father God. And we could work through that and work through his pains and restore that in his life. People got hurt by people, and now they struggle to trust people and get intimate and close to people. Because pain is like a, like a, a suitcase. People can't come. There's no intimacy. I can't get people close because this is hanging in front of me. We need to get this out of the way so that we can trust again. Pain shapes your identity. You know, friends, if we walk around with these lies and someone would come and say, hey man, you're a champion, man. You know, we would say, thank you very much. But then as that word hits our heart, we think by ourselves, you know, I'm grateful for that, but you know what, I'm not really a champion, you know. If you really know me, that's not me. I'm, I, I, you know, we can't connect with that, because of the lies that we walk with through our lives. James Dobson said, you need 40 words of praise for each one word of destruction. Now imagine if you grow up where you receive 40 words of destruction and one word of praise. You start to build strongholds in your mind. Thought patterns, lies of who I am. And I walk with that. And every good word 
bounces on these lies. And I measure it to these lies. Pain builds a wall around the heart to protect the heart because I don't want to get hurt. And many times I use anger to protect my heart because anger keeps people away so that my heart is protected. But the problem with that is that wall also keeps love out and makes that love can't flow out. Pain blocks the heart to the Father's voice when the Father says, You are my son, my daughter, whom I'm well pleased and whom I'm loved. Father, can that really be me? Is that really me? Friends, love wants to break in to your heart. It wants to break through and penetrate your heart. But it's sad that sometimes that happens in a crisis. When we're almost down and out. Luke 15, verse 15 to 16. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of the country who sent him to the fields to feed the pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods of the pigs that the pigs ate. And no one gave him anything. He was at a low place. But you know what? <laughs> There's good news. I want to say to you, the Father will never give up on you. The Father will never give up on you. The Father will always pursue you and be there when you return to Him. Luke 15, 20. And He arose and came to His Father, and while He was still a long way off, His Father saw Him and felt compassion and ran and embraced Him and kissed Him. That's amazing. That's the Father. That's your Father. The one that loves you. The Father wants to pour His love over you. Luke 15, verse 22. The Father said to His servants, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on Him. God the Father wants to give you a new robe. Isaiah 61, 10. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall exult in my God. For he has clothed me with a garment of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. Zechariah 3 verse 1 to 4. Then he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord. And Satan standing at his right hand to accuse him. And the Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you, O Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. It is not this a brand plucked from the fire. Now Joshua was standing before the angel, clothed with filthy garments. And the angel said to those who were standing before him, Remove that filthy garment from him. Take it off of him. Take those lies off of him. And to him he said, Behold, I have taken your iniquities away from you, and I will clothe you with a pure vestment. I will give you a new robe. A new robe because you are worthy. Because you are beautiful. Because you are loved. Because you belong. Because you are smart. And able. 
But you know the greatest of them all? Because you are a son and a daughter. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? God comes and gives us a new robe. Friend, we need a moment in the Father's presence. Like Joshua. In the Father's presence, standing there before God, saying, Jesus, Jesus, I just need you, Father. And the Father sees his heart. He says, take away and give new. Friends, do you want to open your heart this morning? Maybe the worship team can, can come up and um, maybe we can sing that song of I'm no longer a slave because this morning I believe the Father wants to come and take some robes off some of us. Maybe there's a lie. Maybe there's something in your life. Maybe just there where you sit. Because it's a moment of intimacy. It's a moment in the Father's embrace. Maybe just there where you are. Maybe you can just close your eyes. Father, just come now, Father, and just sit next to each one of us. Maybe just forget the persons next to you. And just feel the Father's presence now as He embraces you. Will you not give me that robe? Will you not give me that lie that the enemy of this world has placed on you? I am a servant. I'm abandoned, I'm not loved, I'm rejected, I'm not good enough, I'm useless, I'm ugly, I'm stupid. Don't you want to just come? The Father just reaching out. Don't you just want to give that to Him this morning? Father, I give this to You, Lord. Because even here, in this building, now, you can take this from me, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for a new robe. I replace that lie with your truth, Father. You are my creator, and I only give you the right to say who I am. I am your son, and I am your daughter. I am worthy, I am beautiful, I am loved, I belong, I'm smart, I'm able. Thank you, Father. Thank you for who you are. I just want you to hear how the Father just personally says to you, you are my son, you are my daughter. I'm proud of who you are. You belong to me, and I'm well pleased with you. Just let that sink in, a cellar moment. Thank you, Father.
What a privilege to be a son and a daughter. Thank you, Lord, that we don't have to perform to be sons and daughters, but that is a gift from you, Lord. We can't do anything to receive that robe, but it's by your grace and by your love that you give us a robe, Lord. We receive that robe in its fullness, Lord. We step into sonship and we embrace sonship in its fullness, Lord. And we declare today that we are sons and daughters of the living Father. Isn't that amazing? Can we give the Father a hand? Come on, man. Yes. I want to declare that you are sons and daughters and the enemy of this world have no right on you. And the words of this enemy, the lies of this enemy is not the truth for you. But you will only receive the truth of the Father. That you are loved and that He is well pleased with you. Is that amazing? Let's stand and worship the Lord.